Welcome to Juggling FIFO, the place to be if you're a FIFO partner wanting some solace, a place to escape and listen to other FIFO partners open up and share their heart and soul. All right, well, welcome. Thank you for joining us today, Katie. For our listeners, would you mind introducing yourself and telling them a little bit about what you do? Oh, well, thank you, Renee, and thank you very much for um, inviting me to do this with you today. Um, my name's Katie Webber and I have a healing practice. My absolute passion is to get to the root cause of whatever is going on for somebody, whether it be mental, emotional, physical illness. Um, you know, we are not what we've become. We're so much more than that. And so my passion really is to look at what's going on for people and uproot whatever it is that's not working so that you can live happily and have a full life. Um, you know, without the illness, without the stress. So I'd like to, you know, look at ways of reducing that stress today and, and being able to look at some self-care strategies. Awesome, because I know that's a challenge I, I face myself and I guess that was a real reason for me inviting you because I know the struggles I go through and the self-sabotage a little bit as well and I'm confident that there's listeners out there that are in a very similar boat. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> is this an area that you've always been in, Katie? I've actually um, come through a different way. My um, background, I did a science degree to start with. So I majored in physiology and biochemistry. So I've always had a really big interest in the, in the body um, and illness and, and what's really going on with it. Um, so I did a Bachelor of Science and then I, um, after that, I didn't, I decided I didn't want to work in a lab. So I ended up doing a dip ed. So I was a teacher for 10 years in high school um, and then taught adults. And by the time when I was about 30, I'd been teaching for a while. My mum died and I'd always been an asthmatic. So I had asthma from the age of five and I was in and out of hospital a lot. Um, you know, the year I got it, I was in hospital for six months of my grade one year. Um, yeah, and, and after my mum died when I was 30, my asthma got really, um, really chronic, really bad. Um, and I ended up on cortisone tablets and I just couldn't seem to get off them. And by that stage, I had two little children. I was still breastfeeding, breastfeeding my second child. Um, and I was really upset, you know, that I was living on Ventolin and cortisone and, you know, the effect it was having on me and on my family. So, you know, I, I remember going to the respiratory physiologist and he just said, look, he wrote me out another script, you know, for antibiotics and for cortisone and I burst into tears and I just thought, oh, my God, I'm going to be dead by the time I'm 50. And I'm 50 now and I feel fantastic. Um, but I just ha I knew there had to be another way, you know. It kept me alive, um, so that was fantastic. But I knew there had to be something really going on and I wanted to get to the root cause of what was actually going on with my asthma. So I met a man called Mike Robinson who is a spiritual healer. And from the day I met him, I went off asthma, um, off the cortisone and you know my journey went from there and and I ended up healing it and I had you know within two years um I had no asthma I haven't had asthma since and that was oh gosh about 15 10 to 15 years ago I've lost track of time but it's um it's been quite a journey into myself and a real focus on 
the inner instead of the outer and what's going on externally. I brought my awareness to what was going on inside me um, and realised that you can heal anything. You just need to uproot what's not, you know, working. So it was very much an emotional journey. I had to really look at the emotions that were causing the asthma. Um, so that's the way it all unfolded for me. I did a healing course with Mike um, and during that healing course, it was a two-year course and obviously I started learning about healing and then started seeing my own clients and working with people on reducing illness and, and uprooting what was going on. And I've just kept going with it. You know, I work with it every day and so it's my passion to look at anxiety, depression, all of those things that um, cause suffering in humanity and why it's there, what is really going on. So, yeah, that's that's how it all sort of unfolded for me. I could talk about it forever, but <laughs> it's um, it's been an amazing journey and, you know, I'm, I'm very, very healthy and very, very happy and I like to share that with other people now so I can help them to live life fully instead of suffering the way I was. You mentioned the word uprooting a few times. So detail that for us. Okay. Um, Well, for me, you know, uprooting to me means you're uprooting the cause which is causing the effect in your life. So if you've got an illness, for example, that's the effect. Um, And the cause will be, in the emotions, um, there'll be, you know, there's an emotional route to a physical effect and also in the belief system in the mind. So we have to look at it as a whole picture. So we need to look at it physically, emotionally and mentally um, and look at what was really going on so you can release it. And once released, um, you know, there's an opportunity to heal during that. Does that answer your question? Yeah. <laughs> It does, it does. Yeah, so, so it's bringing an understanding, I suppose, to what's really underneath the cause, you know. So if you look at the cause and you change the cause, then the effect's going to change. Okay, so it's instead of, you know, I'm struggling to keep my house clean, well, what's really driving that is this, I guess, condition to be perfect and that it has to look immaculate. So if I work on the perfectionism and... And that instead of all the little things that are driving me crazy, that would actually be addressing perhaps the issue? Yeah, absolutely. So you're looking at the feeling that's driving that perfectionism. Yeah. So you need to look at the emotion that's driving. What's really going on with the perfectionism? Why does it all have to be so perfect? Yeah. Yeah. For me, I don't know if that's something ingrained from childhood and the fact that my mum was able to be a stay-at-home mum and you know we'd get home and everything was looking great and you know my mother-in-law she her house is always immaculate and so I don't know if it's that's the expectation set so to me I feel that's the standard in which I have to maintain. Mm, absolutely so there's this expectation there isn't there that unless it's perfect then perhaps you're not good enough that you know that um, it's a lack of worth underneath all of that and how hard is it for people to work through those issues and struggles when it's things that have been instilled from such a young age 
Yeah, um, you know, we're programmed by the age of seven, really, and we spend our whole lives running from these feelings that, that were programmed in by the age of seven. But, you know, if you really look at it, a lot of people say, oh, gosh, it sounds like a whole lot of work to, you know, to um, untangle all of that. But the truth is it's exhausting running from it. You know, most people are exhausted and they're tired. They're tired of striving. They're tired of, you know, trying to prove themselves or be validated by someone else. Um, so it's actually the running that's exhausting. But when you stop and you look at what is really going on inside you and what, it, what belief you've held and you release it, there's an incredible sense of peace underneath that. And that's what everyone's actually yearning for. Absolutely, because, you know, I am, and I guess really the name of the podcast is Juggling FIFO because there's so many demands living this lifestyle, let alone just normal life. Um, and ultimately, I'm working so hard to, and my partner is a way to provide a lifestyle where we can be together more as a family. And I guess, is there any anything you can share in terms of being more present and being more focused when it comes to family time? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we spend so much time looking at the external, don't we? And, and our energy just goes out, 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 you know. Um, the, the way to bring it back, so there's so many ways that you can bring your energy back in so that you've got that energy there um, to spend with your family. Um, you know, obviously spending time in nature is really important um, because you want to get fresh chi, you want to get fresh energy. So spending time in nature um, every day, even if it's just 10 minutes, we need to go outside, take your shoes off, you know, get down to the beach or go out on the grass and just spend some time harnessing that energy in nature. And you don't have to do anything, just be outside and it refreshes you. Um, when you're with your family, listen, you know, truly listen, because most people don't actually listen. They listen to a reply. So what they're doing is um, they're listening but thinking at the same time. And the truth is you can't listen and think at the same time. You can hear and think, but it's exhausting because thought is energy and all that thinking is using up your vital energy. So when you truly listen, when you become aware and you truly listen to somebody, it, you're listening with all of you and you're able to watch your thoughts. So those thoughts, as they come in, you become the observer. So if, you're, if someone's speaking to you and you just focus on listening and observe your thoughts, you'll be able to let those thoughts go. And the analogy that I use is, just imagine that, you know, your brain is like a, a still lake and the thoughts are like geese and the geese fly over the lake. If your mind gets caught on the thoughts, those geese will land and you'll get all caught up in what you're thinking. So instead of doing that, see the thoughts and just allow the geese to fly over. Okay, so they're like the thoughts just flying over. Um, and... What, what you can look at is, for example, if someone's telling you a story, like your children, for example, are telling you a story, um, and really listening to that story without thinking is so different. It opens up a space for them to enter into where they know they're truly being listened to, and you can do the same with everybody in your life. 
if I've got a story to share, for example, an aeroplane story, and I'm talking to you and I start sharing my aeroplane story, you watch what happens. You'll start thinking of all your aeroplane stories and there'll be this thing inside you where you want to share your aeroplane story. So you're holding on to your aeroplane story and that takes energy and it, ta- it means you're hearing their story but you're not truly listening to it. So let go of your aeroplane story. If you're meant to share it, it will come back when you're meant to share it. And if not, then you're not meant to share it, you know, just let it go and be present with the person speaking to you. So a beautiful way to connect with your family is to truly listen and observe your thoughts all without judgment. And I guess a lot of that, particularly when it comes to being present and really listening to your children, I guess that may in turn actually help prevent any of those things instilled to them from from the age of seven. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Because they know that they're in a space of love. You know, love is there when you're not trying to think of how to fix everything and how to control it all. You just be present, just be really, really present with them and listen to what they've got to say. And I guess that's the struggle with this lifestyle is, you know, often there is a second parent uh, who, who is absent and is away from the home and they want to be a more connected parent and they want to, to do more. So I guess really simply, even though that they're divided by distance, that one once a day FaceTime chat by purely being present and just listening and allowing their child to share their story from lunchtime or, or whatever that is, that's, that's them actually really, really helping their child in the short term but long term, you know, minimise and help support them so they know that they are really loved and then as it comes to their turn to being an adult, they can provide the same experience. Mm, absolutely yeah because it's the connection that they want and whether you're physically there or not uh, it's beautiful obviously to be physically there but the the parent that's away you know they'll have a whole lot of emotions around that I'm sure um, and guilt and all sorts of things but if they can connect and just listen you know by FaceTime the child will realize that there's a deeper connection than just the physical you know they can they can really really listen and, and something else happens without going into any detail of any perhaps of your previous clients, but what are some issues that that can arise that you've seen and that you've worked with clients on, you know, if you don't have that strong connection Mm -hmm. throughout your childhood? Yeah. Later in life, I guess that will bring up issues for them in different areas. Like what kind of issues may that bring up? Absolutely. So, you know, we're we're all, you know, we're all human beings and we've all been conditioned with beliefs during our lives. So your parents, um, you know, as you're growing up, when you're born, basically you're a blank canvas, you know, and then as you grow up, you're like a sponge and, you know, as a young child, you don't have language. So, but you feel everything. So you feel all the feelings around you and you start soaking up um, all of those feelings and you start creating beliefs on how to be worthy and how to be safe here, you know, in this world. Um, Now, your parents did the same thing, so it's been going on for generation after generation. So if you understand you, if you can take yourself, your understanding inside you and start observing your thoughts and your emotions and allowing your emotions 
and really understanding what is going on inside you and understand, see your conditioning and understand it all and observe it without judgment and allow those emotions to be released that have been stuck, that have been suppressed. If you can do that and you can start understanding you, you're going to understand your parents as well because they are you. So you'll start understanding humanity really, but it's got to happen inside each individual first. So you need to understand what's going on for you and then you'll understand what's going on for everybody else. And that the, the knock-on effect of that is massive because you will, your relationships will get stronger because there's this incredible space that opens up really for love to step in. That's, that's really great. And I guess it's about being kinder to yourself. So, you know, allowing yourself to, to start exploring what is the issues, you know, that are going on and to, to a much deeper level. And once you can start working on them, you can then start loving yourself and sort of criticizing yourself and building those relationships around you. Mm, absolutely. Yes. So, you know, if you can, how can you love somebody else if you don't love yourself? And, you know, it's asking the big question, isn't it? What is love? What is that? Is there a human belief of love that has nothing to do with what love really is? You know, so it, as, you, as you discover you and the very essence of you, it's going to open up so much inside you that you can see the beliefs that you've held on to the self-sabotage and the beliefs that you've held on to you no longer no longer need those you know so you can release those beliefs and come back to who you really are and then share that with everybody else i'd be really interested to hear your take living this lifestyle a lot of parents may be a stay-at-home parent Mm -hmm. Uh, but even i have friends that you know, are outside the fly and fly out lifestyle, but they still label themselves as, oh, I'm just a mum. What what do you say when people say, I'm just this? Whatever yeah. the title they give themselves. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? We, we put, put ourselves down, you know, and that's the way they say it. It's all in the expression of it, isn't it? I'm just a mum. There's immediately a belief there that, you know, being a mum is not not an important role or, you know, that, that they're not fulfilling some expectation of society that they should be doing more. So, you know, that you'd need to really look at that and look at what, what, is, what is really important in this life, you know. Is it rising to other society's expectations and all the shoulds and the shouldn'ts or is there something else that's more, much more important than that? We really have to look at look at what's going on there because, you know, we're here to love and be loved. That's what we're here to do, to love and be loved. And anything that doesn't come from that, you've really got to look at that, don't you? Absolutely. So in order for someone to, you know, what we've touched on up to now is in order for someone to truly be present and, and to love others, they need to love themselves. What are some ways that, perhaps you can share with our listeners that they can be kinder and start to love themselves. So it's important, obviously, to love yourself. Now, there's a whole lot of belief in the way of that. So it's about really finding those beliefs and doing some self-discovery and, and going on a bit of an inner journey to, to look at why, what, what are the beliefs that stand in the way of that. 
But on a self-care level, there's so many things that you can do each day to start bringing your energy back into yourself. And I think I feel like that's sort of more where you you want to look. So, you know, obviously I've mentioned one, and that was spending time in nature. And we make so many excuses not to. You know, I'm too busy to go for a walk outside or whatever they are. But you've really got to look at the mind's excuses and go, well, that's just an excuse. Because if you're giving from an empty cup, you're really giving emptiness, aren't you? So you really need to fill up your own energy so that you re- so that you can radiate that out. And that will go to, it's, it's got to come from inside you first and then out, you know. It's got to go out to your children, out to your family and out to friends after you've filled your cup. Um, so spending time in nature, I can't tell you how important that is. And obviously exercising because... It helps get rid of the stagnant chi and, and allow the fresh chi in. Um, it connecting, listening when you're in nature, so connecting to it, just listening to the sounds of nature, allowing your emotions. So we often judge anger and sadness as bad and therefore we suppress them more. They're not right and all wrong. They're, you know, they're none, none of that. Emotion is just energy in motion. And when we suppress it, it becomes stuck and it becomes a dense energy inside the cells of the body and that's what leads to illness. And we've suppressed it due to a belief that we've got to be strong, we've got to be tough, you know, um, that emotions, those sorts of emotions are bad. And so we're confirming our belief that we're not good enough, you know. Um, But if we can just stop and if we feel emotion, an emotion, if we're triggered by something, we feel an emotion, instead of labelling it right or wrong, Allow it to burn through you, you know, allow that emotion to come up and observe it without any judgment. And there's so many ways that we can help release it and we can help empty the commentary that goes on in your head. Um, And that is, you know, just grab a pen and paper and write it out, get it written out, you know, just write whatever comes into your head, start writing. Um, Go out into nature and just speak it out. Pretend you've got a microphone and speak it all out. So if something's troubling you, start speaking it out to yourself and as you empty the the cells of the body will empty and your thought commentary will slow down and you create this space and in that space is the clarity that you're wanting anyway you know so when you're full with all this stuff that's going on you get confused there's confusion there and you get really cloudy and you just feel stressed and it affects your body you know you release cortisol um the whole thing you're running on a fight or flight so just stop just stop and for 10 minutes get a pen and paper and write it out and just write anything you like rip it up and throw it in the bin and you'll feel clearer so so many different um, tools that you can use in order to allow these emotions up and feel clearer and emptier all right another um, tool obviously people um, focus on breathing these days it's easier said than done, but if, if, you know, if you can wake up in the morning and, and breathe, go outside and breathe deeply um, and focus on that first thing in the morning and then during the day just observe your breathing. So if you've suddenly realised that you're not breathing, well, stop and breathe. You know, bring, bring your awareness to breathing in every moment. So you might be driving the car, you might be washing up, you might be vacuuming the floor. Being able to stop and just breathe or um, I don't mean stop doing what you're doing, but you can wash up and bring your awareness to your breathing. Focus your eyes on the bubbles. You know, be really, really present because breath is life. And when we're 
when our breath is very, very short, when we're um, breathing very shallowly, we're not letting that life in. So we're avoiding, and it's usually because we're avoiding an emotion. So sometimes, you know, people might find that when they stop and they start bringing their awareness to breathing, it does dislodge the emotion. It does shift things. It does shake things up for a little while. And they might feel like a bit of a cry, but that's okay. It's, it's in there. It's got to come out. So whatever's been stu stuck in there has to come out. And it'll come out quickly, you know, instead of being subdued and, and suppressed in there and causing problems. Um, obviously, decluttering the house is another one um, that's going to help to reclaim your energy. Cleaning up your diet will help to reclaim your energy. Um, and practicing gratitude is another thing that reclaims your energy. So look around you. Instead of feeling stressed about what you don't have, focus on what you do have and feel that gratitude. It's a great one to do before you go to sleep at night is to feel the gratitude. You know, you can feel gratitude for the roof over your head and the food in the fridge and it'll raise your vibration and you'll feel more energetic if you can practice those feelings of gratitude um, without avoiding the emotions. So there's some, there's some ways of, of becoming more present and just being aware of your thoughts and observing them without judgment. I know how much satisfaction I've had in decluttering recently. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, yeah. it has been the best little release ever. <laughs> it is because the external is only a re reflection of what's going inside you. So if you start decluttering the external, it's going to feel like a relief inside every cell of your body, you know. So it's amazing. As you work on something external like that, you're actually clearing up the cells of your body. And I found more than anything, it just helped me. I didn't feel like there was so much crap around. Yeah, like it yeah. was just constantly there was something out of place or there was something to do. And I mean, I had a massive clean out of my wardrobe because there was so many clothes I had in there that just didn't fit me anymore. <laughs> and instead of when it came to an occasion and I try putting something on and just getting upset that it didn't fit me and getting into that negative headspace where we all, you know, want to put something on and we got our heart set on wearing it and then we get down in the dumps and go, oh, it doesn't fit me anymore. I've got nothing to wear. <laughs> I'm not going anymore, you know, because that yeah. can happen. You put yourself in such a state that you just throw your hands yeah. in the air and go, it's too hard. Well, my way of eliminating that was just, getting rid of those those things so now my wardrobe is so much more organized and I can go in there and grab anything and I know it's going to fit me and I'm not going to get into that negative headspace and yeah. totally write off the rest of my day because the two pairs of jeans I tried earlier in the morning didn't fit <laughs> yeah it's amazing isn't it and it's amazing what we hold on to so decluttering is an absolutely brilliant way of clearing things up and it helps clear your thoughts doesn't it which is what you've just said yeah if if, if you've got a cluttered space then it's a it's a, sort of symbolizes a cluttered mind so start with the bedroom starting with the bedrooms a fabulous idea and just you know my rule is i've you know for example if you've got a drawer and you've got 10 minutes to spare just actually tip the drawer upside down, empty the whole drawer out, give it a wipe out, maybe with some lavender or something. It takes two seconds to do that. And then only put back in the drawer what makes your heart sing and the rest 
goes you know take it to take it to St Vinnie's or take it to a to someone that that might be able to use it because it's no good being in that drawer if you're not going to use it so if it's useful or it makes your heart sing keep it otherwise it's got to go I've found we've been in our house for almost three years now and when I was going through and doing the wardrobe clean out and I was cleaning out some other spaces I was asking myself the question have I even used this since living in this house and Mm -hmm. for the things that I said no I haven't used it I've got rid of the majority of them as well so that was entirely satisfying and it makes it so much easier to find what I want but I love when the girls are at school and I have a spare 10 minutes I'll just quickly grab one of the shopping bags from Woolies or something and I'll go into their room and I'll just find anything that I can quickly (laughs) throw in the bin and I'll do that a few days a week and I know that if I do it slowly, they won't notice as much. <laughs> and it's just one bag at a time, but slowly and surely I'm, I'm getting there and getting rid of all the things that they insist that we need to have, but I just get rid of it when they're not here. Yeah, it's, it's really important. And as you do that, you know, um, you, can, you can teach the kids to do that. You know, you can really speak to them and talk to them about, well, is it something that we really need to hold on to and why is it that we hold on to it? And often, you know, we hold on to things just because we, we think we should because someone's given it to us or um, it holds a special memory for us. So we hold on to it because we don't want to lose the feeling that it gave us. But the truth is if you don't use it anymore, it's old energy, isn't it? And so there's no room for new energy to come in. It's the same as, you know, inside your body. So if, it, if you've got something that, that you're holding on to, that you're holding on to because you think it reminds you of somebody, for example, and you close your eyes and you think of that person, where is that memory? It's not really in that thing anyway. You don't need that thing to remember that person. As the minute you close your eyes and think of them, there'll be a whole movie play out of memories of those that person. So, you know, we, we don't need these things. We don't need this clutter in order to remember people or places, for example. And we can teach our children that as well, you know, so we can help them to, you know, set up those sort of habits where they, they don't hold on to stuff that they don't need anymore. Especially at the end of the school year, the amount of artwork yeah. and, and that, that they come home with, which they put so much love in and you don't want to just say, oh, we'll throw it in the bin and yeah. diminish what they've produced. But we, we go through and we scan the majority of it. We'll keep a small, we have these little plastic containers and we will shortlist and maybe save 10 from each year, but everything just gets scanned and I always had this vision that one day I'll have this hallway just decked with built-in screens, whether it's TVs or, you know, those digital frames and just rotate all of the artwork and all of the photos and just have them on display that way. So we can remember them and have them on display, but we just have a digital copy of them. Yeah, and it's beautiful, isn't it? I mean, children's artwork is just so special. So, yeah, keep keep the special ones and, you know, they're, they're an absolute beautiful memory and you can have them on a digital screen and then you'll want to clean up your computer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the computer oh, is you as well. Wow. Yeah, yeah I've yeah. 
got a bit of a file structure and a naming convention for all mine. So yeah. I'm, I'm lucky in that respect and most of it sits in the cloud as well. So I had one external drive die on me which had all of this amazing video footage of our first, of my eldest when she was younger and still to this day my husband and I argue over whether or not Georgia said mum or dad first and <laughs> I had the video footage on that drive and it died so to me everything lives up in the cloud now the important <laughs> stuff and, and backed up on a drive but yeah it's it's a big one just oh my goodness the digital files and, and everything again yeah that is probably another extension yeah, <laughs> of, of ourselves and where we're at yeah absolutely thank you so much for sharing some tips with us today just before we do go is there any final parting words how can our listeners get hold of get hold of you if they wanted to talk about their own situation um probably the best way to contact me i've got a facebook page um called katie weber natural dynamic healing um and i've obviously got a website Awesome. So we'll have links for that in today's episode on the website. Sure. The final thing I'd, I'd say is just observe everything without judgment. You know, life doesn't have to be chaos. And if you can focus on the inner, so go inside yourself, um, you know, and, and make sure that you're looking after you. So you've got those self-care practices um, and you're not getting pulled in every direction, then it, you know, the chaos will reduce. You can reduce it. You have the power. You can empower yourself because we, we get taught from such a young age that we've got to strive to be worthy. We've got to strive to do this and to succeed and to live up to some sort of expectation from other people. But the truth is that's just a belief. So if you, you know, bring your awareness inside yourself and look at what's really going on there, it doesn't have to be chaos. You have permission to be happy and to live the life that you want to live because, you know, it's your life, isn't it? Thank you again, Katie, and yeah. we've loved, loved listening from you. Oh, you're so welcome, Renee. Thanks so much for having me here. It's been really great to talk to you. Thanks for listening to Juggling FIFO. All links for today's episode will be on our website, www.jugglingfifo.com and on Facebook. And if you want to hear this episode again or leave a review, head over to iTunes or SoundCloud.